Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. I want to talk about being poor. It's never fun before. <laughs> We've all been there, especially, you know, college kids or whatever. But of course, you know, our definition of poverty in America is very different <laughs> than, yes. you know, elsewhere. I, I know there are poor people in America or people who consider themselves poor who have, you know, a Netflix subscription and a cell phone plan and a refrigerator and a microwave. And, and they live better literally than kings did like a century ago, you know, through all this innovation that has been pushed down to the lowest economic levels where, you know, you can buy a refrigerator for five bucks on Craigslist. It's just phenomenal. But Wait, is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> you can. It, it may not be a good one. It will be a used, <laughs> you know, old microwave, but they're everywhere. And so they're cheap. And so, you know, poverty itself, though, uh, whether we're talking about like, like, bone crushing poverty in a you know third world country where they're you know starving or or you know the poverty that we're kind of more used to seeing in america like this poverty has always been part of the world and as terrible i think as it is to think about right um there are always those who are going to be living in poor circumstances than other people that's just because we all have different choices different experiences and so forth uh, we're all going to have different outcomes but I want to talk a little bit with you about what causes poverty. Why are some people poor? And, you know, of course, many politicians and economists, they think they know. And, you know, they use their beliefs or their assumptions to pass laws that are supposed to take people out of poverty. Of course, you know, decades ago, Congress declared a, a war on poverty, right? And they passed all these laws to fix it. And, of course, it's worse than it was back then. I feel like uh, every time they declare war on something... Yeah, war on, speech, war on terror, <laughs> war on drugs, war on obesity, you know, yeah, you're exactly right. So they declared war on poverty. But these government programs, they they ultimately, you know, don't do much. For a lot of these people, they believe, you know, poverty exists because of the wealthy. It's 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 a what's called a zero sum game. In other words, let's say there's a pie. And of course, there's only so much pie. And so if I take a bunch of pie, you feel like I'm stealing from your fair share because there's scarcity. There's a scarce pie. There's only one pie. And let's say we cut it into, I don't know, 12 slices. And if I, you, you might think, okay, we'll split it six and six. But if I take eight, suddenly you can only take four. And so a lot of people see the economy this way. They see the market as a zero sum game or like that, that pie. And if wealthy people are, you know, taking a lot, if they're taking a lot of resources, they're taking it away from people who are poor. And so if someone else is too rich, they must be taking it away. But, but that is false. That is not the right way to think of the economy. It makes sense for something like a pie, because <laughs> there are actually only 12 slices in that pie if we cut it that way. But, uh, but it's not true for the economy, because what is the economy? It's all of us making independent choices, working together, innovating, creating amazing new things, discovering new resources. There's making just the pie all... bigger, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. You're making more pies and you're making bigger pies and, and you're creating more abundance. So poverty exists, you know, not because someone is doing something to someone else. In other words, it's not because the rich people are taking things away from poor people, Right. Uh, poverty is actually, and I want to get your reaction to this, Brittany. I would argue that poverty is the natural state of mankind. Like by default, we have poverty. 
what do you how do you kind of react or respond to that idea? Well, the first thing that came to my mind to play devil's advocate was, okay, well, what about somebody that's born into like a king, like a king, an heir of a king or something like that, where it's like, okay, but you were born into wealth. But mm -hmm. then I think about like the very first human or even just a baby, a baby doesn't really have any wealth, right? A baby doesn't have anything. A baby just has a big head it can't even pick up yet and these tiny little hands. And until it learns to do something, it doesn't really have much. And if you go back to thinking about, you know, whoever the first person was, uh, whether it was cavemen, whatever it was. They didn't, they were pretty poor. There was literally nothing. They didn't have anything. And so in that respect, I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Maybe we all just start off poor. And that's like the the starting point. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I think too, is that there's clearly exceptions. Like any, mm -hmm. any rule that we come up with, a general rule, there's always going to be exceptions. So of course, someone, you know, born to a king, right? They're going to have a pretty easy life. But, but that king could be, overthrown tomorrow you know mm, that's and, a good point and uh you know or uh you know circumstances can change and so even even for people that you assume are just born wealthy always wealthy how many rich people do we see in the media that they squander all their money and then they go back to being in debt and, and having financial problems when, so when we were young there was a rapper this is just a fun story named mc hammer and he had the song "Can't Touch This." You remember? Wait, was it "Can't Touch That" or "Can't Touch This"? Can't touch this, dude. Can't touch this. Yeah, this was like the song, and he was like this rich, uh, you know, superstar, and now he has nothing because he only had like that one song, really. And it's just funny how you can go from being the most, you know, the the biggest celebrity to just having nothing. So you're right. Well, and, and I think I look at it from the perspective of how do we stop poverty? Like, what is it that actually stops people from being poor? Uh, most people might say money, right? Because if you have money, then you're not poor. But but I think there's something, there's a word that a lot of people equate with money, and I don't think it's actually money. That word is wealth. So mm. I think wealth is, you know, because if we say, oh, that guy's wealthy, we usually means he or she, you know, they have a lot of money. And And I think wealth actually means something more significant than that. Like, like if I'm healthy and if I have shelter, like a you know decent home and I have maybe a family and if I have a good job or, you know, if I have a, a good plan for my future and I'm not just adrift in life, if I have a good head on my shoulders, if I have access to good information, if I have a good network of people, you know, we've talked about networking before, if I, if I have a good kind of a group of people around me like i i think all of that is can be lumped into this idea of wealth because wealth isn't just how like this piece of paper that you can use to buy things or or your credit card i think someone who's wealthy has has skills they have talents they've invested in themselves they've read books they've taken courses they've had experiences they've enriched their life to where they can create value for people remember again and again We've talked about entrepreneurship being problem solving. If if you see that your you know your elderly neighbors can't mow their lawn anymore, you can create value for them by offering to do it for them in exchange for money. They they have probably more money than physical health to mow the lawn. They would prefer to pay someone else. You're solving a problem for them. You're creating value, and that's that's entrepreneurship. But it's also for you, it's wealth generation in the, in the fact that 
you're becoming wealthy. You're building a network of, of clients. You're showing yourself that you are thinking like an entrepreneur, you're problem solving. You're feeling good because you're creating value for other people. You're building a reputation so the people in your neighborhood see you as a you know hard worker or someone they can trust. Maybe they'll refer you to their neighbors or their friends. And so you're building a network, you're building a brand. Maybe you start a whole landscaping company out of this, right? So now you're securing your future. You're creating jobs for other people. You're maybe investing some of your money into other businesses or the stock market. You're like all of that kind of unfolds because you decided to invest in yourself. You decided to be kind of like an entrepreneur. So, so when I think of how do we stop poverty, I, I, I don't think of just money. I think of wealth, right? And, and so much of wealth is education. It's, it's learning. It's building ourselves up to be able to tackle problems, think creatively, come up with ideas to, to solve people's problems. And so I don't know that the solution to poverty is just give people money or give them welfare or, you know, all this kind of stuff, because it, it doesn't address the broader issues that we need to build these people up. Like the people who are poor, we need to build them up in a variety of ways, not just give them a handout, you know, give them money and expect that their problems are, are going to go away. That's really more optimistic, though, I think. Like it, it might, I know that people scoff at that, especially, you know, socialist people like that will think, oh, okay, so you just want to, you know, make capitalism be more prevalent and, and you think that's going to help these people, it won't. But I like that it puts the people in control more, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, we're going to take away, you know, rights from other people, we're going to tax people more to help these other people. It just becomes like, how can we help people see that they can work their way out of it, that they can not even just work their way out of it, like you said, create value. So it's not even just money. It's having purpose in life. It's having something really excited to look forward to. So to me, that's actually a really optimistic view of poverty. But one thing that that I wanted to push back on, because I think I think this happens a lot, especially when you get college campus kids involved, because sometimes they can just be the worst when it comes to social issues. But, you know, there's a lot of, and this could be a whole different uh, episode, but there there are things that get the, the reputation as being called sweatshops, these really bad, you know, factories that don't have air conditioning. And these are in places like like India and, and these people have to work and a lot of kids will come over. Uh, John Stossel did a great video and say, you need to you need to create better working environments for these people. They're basically slaves, blah, blah, blah. But what American kids don't understand is in places like India that are developing right now, these jobs are really good because they're just going through their almost kind of industrial revolution. It's not, but we'll kind of call it that, where they're making more than anybody in their family has ever made per day, but right. it's nowhere near as much as we're making in America. And so American kids will come over and say, oh, you're treating them like slaves, blah, blah, blah. But these people have chosen to work in a factory that, yes, it's not the best circumstances. There's no air conditioning. Sometimes they are really hot, but these these jobs are actually teaching them a skill and taking them out of poverty very, you know, which has never happened in their, uh, in their families before sometimes. So poverty is very, I'd hate to say it's relative, you know, that it, it, it varies, but it does, like you said in the beginning, American poverty is nothing like the poverty maybe in India, but also that poverty is not anything compared to poverty was 200 years ago. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, I don't think we want to say that we shouldn't address, you know, uh, something like American poverty, if we'll call it that, just because it's, you know, not as bad as, uh, you know, maybe in sub-Saharan Africa or something like that, right? Where they're just eating like the same thing Nothing. <laughs> you know, once, 
once a day, you know, and that's their whole meal. Like clearly there's different degrees of, of problems. And a lot of this is, you know, corruption over time. And, uh, you know, there's certain people who are profiting and, and extracting a lot of the resources and things and depriving other people of them. like, this is a complicated issue. I don't think we want to suggest that, you know, magically we can solve this. If only you just build wealth and you just get <laughs> it. But I do think that like one reason I get optimistic is, is technology and innovation as a way to solve poverty. Specifically, I'm thinking of like the cell phone as an example. So um, when I was on a mission for my church in Honduras like 20 years ago, everywhere I would go throughout the city, there were like phone cables all over the place and, and just like, like, a, like a maze. It was just uh, amazing electrical wires and phone cables and everything else. And, and in America, there have long been battles between these cable companies of who gets to dig the trench and lay down the wire and and they, you know, all these laws get passed and certain companies get the special contract and they make all the money and it's always just a big fight. It's always a big mess. Well, then you go to places like Africa that didn't really go through that. There are a lot of like cities and villages and so forth where they never had, uh, they never had like cable internet or TV or uh, landlines like, you know, back in the day when you had to actually pick up a, a corded telephone. They, they never really had uh, those things. But what they did get is, is uh cell phones or even more now with elon musk's starlink you know satellite internet you don't need all that what's called infrastructure you don't need cables laid down in the ground you don't need the telephone poles and all the wires so you not only save a ton of the cost but you get rid of all the government corruption and the contracts and suddenly you can be out in the middle of nowhere in africa and have a cell phone and be connected to the entire world and, and, and you can read Wikipedia or all kinds of books. You can uh, get a job on Upwork.com, which is a, a place for like freelancers to, you know, I hire people there all the time from all over the world. That's what, so does my work. And we love doing it from around the world. It's really fun to hire someone, you know, in Ukraine to do something or something like that. It's cool. It is. It's great. Yeah. You meet different people. You can give them jobs. You can interact with them. And, and so these people are now empowered to do work that they never could before simply because technology has allowed them that option. So, so I'm optimistic for the future. I think poverty has never uh, been, been quote unquote better in the sense that like we, you know, poverty has declined and all this innovation, like going back to the refrigerators and the, and the microwaves and, you know, even the poorest among us often have a lot of uh, like a standard of living, a way of living that is better than it ever has been. We have a lot more work to do. We we got to solve a lot more problems, but it's not just giving out money. It's not just passing a law or declaring war on poverty in Congress. Right. Like it's a complex issue. But a lot of that comes down to education and entrepreneurship and creating these opportunities where these people can really work hard because there's dignity there's there's dignity in work in other words yes. it's good to want to work it's good to produce something with your own hands it's no one likes a handout it crushes your spirit your soul you know like people want to work hard they want to build something for themselves they want to create wealth for them and their family that's how we get out of poverty um, and so a lot of ways to, to look into this, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of books, you know, we just want to expose you guys to that idea so that as a family, you can talk about this issue together. What does poverty look like in your community? Do you know anyone uh, that's ever been in poverty? Has your family ever contributed to an organization that is trying to address poverty? What can you do, 
right, to to address the issue. What does it look like for you? I think these are good topics of conversation. So we'll leave it there for you guys as a family to talk about. And uh, thanks, Brittany. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.